Welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. Welcome. We're sorry we're a few days late. Yeah. Uh, Annie got a new job. Right when you didn't have a job, temporarily. Yeah, That's literally the, the, the day that I go on hiatus from Jim Jeffrey's show for a couple of weeks, we got a few weeks off, is the day that Andy lands a job. For you a like, few weeks. For a few weeks. Exactly. <laughs> for the exact few weeks. So suddenly I was like, hey, Andy, I can record during the daytime. And he's like, oh, I should have told you this. I'm now less available than yeah, I I mean it's good but it's well it's good no it's it's, it's been, definitely I'm good waiting for something so we're in this uh, we're in this business to get gigs yeah it's to a, have it's things happen an interesting week on the game show front because I'm now writing for a game show and then I was just a contestant on a different game show are you about to say week. which game show you're writing for I, you know I should check uh I maybe I won't until I check to make sure that that doesn't but when the one that I was on comes out unrelated to the one I'm working on um I think that's going to be in three weeks with um has dan duarte been on our show he has not he was a teammate of mine but uh, i'll i'll let listeners know where to find that but it's called america says and that's coming out um june 20th or so Ooh. but um uh, you're writing questions yeah. now i'm writing questions not for that that's what i was the contestant on right uh but i won't say what happens but it's it's a tight it was a tight game i can say that it was an exciting game yeah. down to the wire game um, That's all I can say. Hey, we've got one. Re- we've got a double guest episode with one returning guest and one new guest. Uh, firstly, new guest is Vanna Dabney. Hi, comedian, writer, animator. Now, I uh, not personally animating, but working on animation and uh, and well, creator, so, creator and all sorts. Writing it, yeah, doing some voiceover, which is new. Oh, cool! So it's exciting. Yeah, thanks for having me. And then at the last minute, you were like, hey, you're also friends with Deborah, and yeah. she has, is about to do a podcast with you, so can we team up? And we were like, fuck yeah. So welcome back, yeah. Deborah Robinson. How's it going? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me double up again, because the last time I was here, I was with Ever Maynard. You were, that's right. Doing happy contest time. Happy oh. Canada Day time. That's cool. Which you were on. Matt. I was on that show. Yeah. Is that still happening? No. Wow. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done doing live shows for a while. Gotcha. It's re- it's That's relieving. Fair. It's a relief, right? A it is to be to take a little breather. Yeah, it's well, nice to breathe. Did you guys ever come to the palace that, that uh, the Chinese restaurant? Oh, uh-huh. I liked that show. Yep, it was fun. But uh, then when the, when they told us just abruptly we're closing the doors tomorrow as a restaurant after six years of having the show there, I was like. I'm not that bummed. Like, that's yeah. like six years is long time. I think I'm good. <laughs> that's how I felt. Weekly show for that's six how years. I felt with that's happy pot, happy contest time. Like Jamie's like, I'm moving to a different. Um, starting my own theater. I'm moving. I was like, okay, it's time. It's time. It's time to end this. Everything has its time. Yeah. That was the show. Just so people know, where comedians did sets and then they were judged afterwards by st- Japanese students. Yes, that's an amazing <laughs> great premise. premise. Which just ended up with you just being good friends with a whole with a large number oh, of I young love, Japanese people. It's completely. Do you still, but only for like a year and a bit, and then they moved back to Japan. But uh, um, my good friend Begumi and I are gonna meet up in Japan in a year. Really? So that's pretty cool. That's great. How, how, yeah, she's a dog trainer. How old are they? The oh, Megumi's like in her thirties. Oh, and she's a uh, she's a dog trainer with a clicking method. Have you guys ever researched the clicking method? Is that the thing where you... It's like a... Cl- mm-hmm. It's it's so basically... Blind to- dogs can echolocate 
by making like a series of yeah. bikes with their tongue. I've heard, when they yeah, blind people and use you can that actually, too, And it's right? so good yes. that they can actually ride bikes and right. play yeah. So if you see a blind dog on Damn. a bike, that's what he's doing is clicking. That's that is clicking. pretty impressive. Have you, ever seen, have you seen the video of the guy? And I think more than one person's done it now, but there's one person who's really got amazing at it who... I don't remember whether he was blind from birth or just went blind early in his childhood, but he taught himself to echolocate. Yes, they yes. did. A, I think they did podcast. an episode of a podcast on, on hidden brain, yes. or is it ninety nine percent invisible? One of those. I would think it's yeah, but it was called Batman in the Techno, wasn't it? I don't know. Either way, it's really. I'd it's really that. fascinating. It lends more to visual. I think it than, does. Yeah. But you're like, oh, that sounds cool, yeah. and then you're like, well, he was like a little kid, and he started as a little kid, and his mom just let him do it versus like no you're blind you can't you can't do that so then he would just like crash all the time until he figured out how to do the clicking echo method um and uh so he's like of the camp where he thinks that having these facilities enables blind people into thinking they're disabled versus just like going for it what kind of facilities uh just like um, well, like having a facility. guide dog and things yes, like that, and or stuff like yeah, that. being told that you can't. Like, the whole thing was the mom was so trusting, encouraging, and like he could have probably hurt himself, but he he, he was did. Trying. He got his yeah. teeth knocked out. But then all kids bones, also hurt like, themselves. The, it's yeah, true. so like it, it was just a, a good story of the mom really trusting and being like, no, you're not disabled. Like you can do what everyone yeah. else can. That's awesome. And then he went to another school and they treated him, and he was like, "F you!" Like, and then he met another blind person and didn't get along with that person because they acted in his mind like they were disabled like interesting or he's like i like the, the but victim this is controversial because i know there's it there's is similar, it is there's yeah. like people in the deaf community who are against surgery to give deaf yeah. people hearing back because wow. like this isn't a disability this is our identity and like who am i to say uh, uh yeah I don't yeah know. <laughs> interesting but yeah i saw so, a video of that guy and they put him in a field um with nothing like a, you know a giant park with a beach ball somewhere in it and then had someone else as a control group who just put on a blindfold and try to find it. And the guy found the beach ball in like a minute and the person with the blindfold was just like an hour <laughs> And it makes you feel pretty useless with your yeah. life. Yeah. I'm like this. I don't know. I can pretty quickly find a beach ball in a field. I don't mean wow. to brag, but I wow. can. Wow. <laughs> Taking that, him down. That's actually one of my five skills. <laughs> but I stopped you. You were talking about training a dog. So with. she trains dogs, and she's my friend. Oh yeah, so the clicker method <laughs> is kind of is Pavlovian, isn't it? You sort yeah. of you train the dog to associate the clicking sounds with. Is it discipline or reward, or is it both? Is it? It's reward. Okay. Not discipline. So when they click the thing, that makes the dog happy because yeah. previously they give the dog a treat with the clicks. Exactly. And then eventually they learn to just be like each yeah, click is like click. Ah, you did it. Awesome. Yeah, I'll spin around. You win I'll one bark. click. Yeah. And so the Which, treat goes oh, away, oh, to clarify. The click is not to make them do a thing. You tell them a command and then reward them by just doing a click. Yeah. And they yes, consider that a reward. I know, I know. I'm eventually like, they crazy. do because okay. dogs are stupid. I was about it to say sucks, like... It sucks because we're the treats now. I, oh, whatever. But I was, I was kind of going like, oh, stupid dogs falling for that. And then I realized I spend half my life playing like <laughs> an, a game app on my phone that rewards me just with like, you won a medallion. Yeah, you play I know. It. And you're like, what is this? And then I, yeah. yeah, you pay money to like get you su- more stuff. You successfully pop all the bubbles enough <laughs> yeah. times in six different it's levels. True. And then you go like, oh, I just leveled up to now I'm diamond medallion. <laughs> or whatever yeah. it's just like I mean, yeah zero there's no reward associated with that that might as well just be there might there effectively is an app trainer there's, yeah. a, there's a human somewhere behind this app with a clicker that's just making me go oh yeah, uh, yeah. I did I did it I'm gonna keep on it 
And it's all it. useless as soon as you delete the app. You're like, there's nothing to show. Yeah. Like, I've, I've done those. <laughs> I've had that. no skill. Because I, I, I'm glad I'm not like a gamer in the, I don't do the sort of Xbox, PlayStation, or whatever, because I fall hard for even just the simplest games. But then it, it is, it's like a sort of weird one week obsession, maybe longer, yeah. sometimes not longer. But where I'm just like playing it all the time and I'm obsessed with this thing. And then just like, for whatever reason, something just gets in the way and I won't play it for a few days. Mm-hmm. And then I just, it's just gone. Oh, like balls. You got me into balls. Yeah. And then and it, when it stopped, it stopped hard. Like I don't touch that app. Ever. Yeah. I haven't opened that game in, in half a year. What's and, the, uh, yeah, what are, what are, yeah. what are balls? Just, <laughs> yeah. What are, the ladies are wondering what balls are. It's a little like Arkanoid or Breakout, but you're not ever like bouncing the ball you you shoot a ball i'm sorry uh, you 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 shoot a ball from about you aim a ball from about the from you, the bottom of the screen you'd to, recognize breakout it's one of it's one oh, of those and you, it's the first game one of the first games ever made it's one of the first arcade oh, games where there's yeah. just the, the you shoot the ball up and it bounces off and every time it hits one of the little the, things on the top the level when oh, it hits the bricks gotcha yeah yeah and Steve, some bricks take more than take more than hit. one hit to disappear and then you get little rewards and that kind of thing steve jobs was paid ball... like 500 bucks to make it and he oh. had wozniak do it for him and gave him like 50 bucks and did is that ball. true yeah it's like the first thing they did together i think yeah it was wow. my breakout. i could be wrong but i'm not gonna look it up uh listeners right in until i like wrong. it <laughs> that works anyway it's like that but you get more and more balls and uh it's stupid but yeah you said the whole writer's room on was yeah, it jeff or it a was, different show no it was it was the jim jeffrey show writer's room and some of the other people like the sort of the post-production people and graphics like suddenly you sort of realize that the entire show was just playing this stupid game (laughs) do you guys have any like mindless phone game that you go to when you're bored um i don't have any i used to do candy crush a lot oh that reminds me thanks for paying for me to be on the podcast i really appreciate it (laughs) 60 bucks thanks guys oh we're just paying you in you're just paying me and not vanna yeah. I was trying to make yeah. that joke, and Vanna just was like, "Yeah, cool." I didn't. I, she's I was too sweet. Uh, yeah, I was like, I "Are we you doing were this?" You got a tiny cut of the money we paid Vanna. Oh wait, That's right. you yeah, actually paid Vanna. For the, thanks for the six hundred uh, or whatever. Bullshit. Can I? Can I derail for a second <laughs> off sure. of games? So this kind of happened to me, like the the Steve Jobs thing, uh, or. Yeah. He made you make a game? No, this kind of happened to me on a, on a weird scale. You want to hear the story? Sure. So yeah. um, when I did comedy in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, this old guy approached me. Oh, yeah, we should point out that you are legally Canadian. I am. Uh, so that's why I got her. You know what I mean? We got to get some diversity up in here. This guy approached me. He was like in his 70s, and he also did comedy at the open mics. And he was like, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, Sure. I'm not going to say his name, even though he's probably dead. Um, wow. And he goes, I ha- I have all this money from gambling uh, at the casino. And I please don't tell anyone, but I have an affliction. And I'm wondering if I can pay you to smack my bottom with a ruler. <laughs> I was like, what? He goes, it's the best. above clothes, I'll give you a hundred bucks. You just need to smack my bottom with a ruler. Just once? <laughs> Above his pants. It's, it's the calling it an affliction thing. Like, fucking own it. Like, that, yeah. like I've, I've heard people, I've heard guys approaching women like this before where it's like, I have this medical condition. Yeah. Just fucking just, it's your, you're 70 year, years yeah, old. You've lived your, your entire life off. with this kink. Yeah. yeah. Fucking own it. This is what gets me off. And listen, I will pay you if you just do this right. fairly simple thing. And I'm not going to do anything to you. This is the transaction. This is what I want. 
This will so make me happy. He offered to do like, it. This is the only way I can beat gout. Like, yeah, exactly. come on now. Oh, here's my doctor's note. I, I had to wear myself. a schoolgirl outfit. Really? Yes. No, I didn't have to wear a schoolgirl. It's like medical marijuana in Canada. They made it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't have to wear a schoolgirl outfit. Sorry about that. So I held, I was like, oh, this poor guy, because that's what an idiot I am. I'm like, this guy has an affliction. Aww, has I feel condition. so bad. And I, I declined. And oh. then a year later, I was telling my friend, I was like, yeah, Bernie uh, offered me like 100 bucks to do this thing. She goes, what? He offered me 30 bucks, <laughs> no pants, bare ass with the hand, and I had to wear a schoolgirl outfit. And I was like, what? And <laughs> she shit. did it? No, she didn't do it either, oh, okay. but he was lowballing her, and I got Wait, the, the premium My question premium is, rate. do you think he tried that with her, and then, or just kept getting no's, and then you were like, okay, well. No, 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 no. Like, the timeline was like. It, it just, makes sense as a negotiation tactic. Yeah. Start yeah. With, I mean, aim high. You yeah, know? start with I think it's because she was younger. Okay. So he was like, she'll probably take 30 oh. bucks. Oh, okay. Um, but by the way, Matt, would you do this for 100 bucks? Yeah, would you do? Would you smack an old man's bottom? I don't want to close. Hang on, yeah. Wait a second. Schoolgirl uniform or not? No school clothes. Girl. My offer versus her offer. Uh, smack him once. And where is where is the location of this? Like I got a decent uh, job right now. Ass? So no, his place. His place. <laughs> his place. Okay. His place. Where's the location? His ass. <laughs> <laughs> Because going to his place is the more frightening thing than actually doing it, I think. Matt, I will what do you say th- also, my friend Desiree, who's a dear friend, she's the one that uh, she and I came up with Happy Contest Time together. And I've seen her get lowballed before. And it was a homeless guy in a wheelchair <laughs> offered her 10 bucks to give him a hand job Oof. when we were walking. She goes, gross. No. And he goes, five bucks, five bucks. So he lowballed her on the spot. <laughs> First he said, 10 bucks, five bucks, five bucks. And she's like, okay, no, free. stop I'll, going lower. Yeah. Um, so we didn't get an answer, Matt, though. Or yeah, Andy. I didn't get what an do you guys... I think the I, silence I is the answer. No, I, 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 would, I would say the, at the very least, the sort of, the framing of it as the affliction would be enough to make me go, fuck you. What if he didn't say affliction? If he what went if like, he just, like, if he went like, here's the deal. Shooter. Yeah, here's what I like. Like me now, I don't need a hundred bucks. I've got like a True. decent job. We like, get I'm, it. We but, get it. Yeah. Damn. But this Let's time last year, on a per on a per hour basis, <laughs> does your job year. pay better than hitting a guy in the ass? Well, it depends whether you're factoring in travel time. Okay. If it was literally right there, if he was like right there and had Come the ruler, the, like if it was like yeah. the green room of the room, if it was the green room of the comedy club, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was a new comic, and he went like. Hey, if you just hit me once with this ruler right now in my ass, I'll give you a hundred dollars. I probably would have done that. Takes two yeah. minutes. Bare but bottom, it doesn't even take two said, minutes. It takes you, like well, yeah, to go over there. Hits? I'm saying it's a hundred dollars a hit because then if, if I can just he, keep hitting him, yeah, keep racking yeah. up, like like Mario hitting right? those blocks. I feel that like you would get so. Coins. Yeah, like so has he put, has he put up a cap on this thing? I mean, this is a big. He could be really in for it. My question is, yeah, if gas yeah. money is included, you know what I mean? Like, if you have to go across town to his place, here I'll put it out to the listeners. If any listeners who want this. I won't give you my address, but we, if we can meet at a park <laughs> oh a block God. from here, public, third-party location, uh, yeah, I'll take, Wooden I'll ruler. take all takers, $100, Wooden ruler. whatever whatever okay. material the ruler is, if clothes are so, on, I'll hit, you the, I'll hit you wherever you want for $100. Well, this conversation a is a little awkward, too, because this is the premise of the show you're now writing on, right? Right. Yeah. right. Yes. It's a game show. Will you meet me and <laughs> hit me with a ruler for $100? And hit me in the this ass is an affliction. By the way, long name. 
Also, we were actually recording a few hours before the Let Us Survive Sex Workers March, which is happening all across America. Oh, is that because of we, the uh, shutting down of like Craigslist and stuff? Yeah, because of the really shitty law. We did a story about it on our show. Um, we did a whole piece about it, but there's a really bad law that's gone through both Congress and the Senate that criminalizes any form of advertising. And they're trying to do a new law as well that will let people take money away. Like, basically, the let the authorities seize assets and seize money from anyone suspected of advertising sex work. It's terrible laws. It's bad. Oh, not just from the sex workers, but from anybody who they think is yeah, well, is doing what... Well, what, what the what laws actually criminalize is people, the sex workers, going through any of the processes that enable them to work safely, like right. sharing resources, yeah. sharing information on... Like, you know, sharing betting, information betting, like, uh, hey, this guy just wants you to hit him on the ass with a ruler and he'll give you $100 versus, no, this guy really, you go there and it's not about the ruler. Right. Like, even just sharing that information is now it's good to know. Uh, cr- yeah, potentially but- criminalized by this shitty law. So that's what the huh. march is about. So go sex workers and, yeah, hashtag International Whores Day. Is that what they're calling it? That is it? a thing. That's Apparently awesome. it was started in France. It's what a so perfect nice day for us to all Coming from your yeah. accent, though. International host. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's an awful fact that's happening. So if you're around, yeah. let's all go to the march because uh, safety of women should be key. And they need to break out yeah. of these shackles of society. And speaking of breakout, Steve Jobs was paid $750. <laughs> there it is. Oh, you looked it up. It. I did look it up. Uh, Good segue. Wozniak only received 350 All right. Hashtag no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. That's not bad. No, no, no. That was just. Uh, the offer to design the prototype, then the actual implementation. Oh, this is way worse. He got a bonus of five thousand dollars, which he kept secret from Wozniak. Wozniak got three hundred fifty dollars of the five thousand. Good man, good yeah. good man Steve who deserves Jobs. two movies made about Damn. how good a man he is. Yeah, uh, good man who tried to treat his cancer with, with magic. Fruit. Yeah, wait. Tell you what he did for a while. You can't do that for years. Yes. Yeah. Um, hey, Vanna. Before we get, we've already asked Deborah this because she was on the show a while ago, but. We like to ask our guests this. What, if anything, is your background in science? Um, I've been thinking about this because I don't have a ton. I mean, it goes just to AP bio and AP chem- chemistry in, in high school. Um, and then in college, I for a second was like, should I do environmental studies? Uh-huh. And then I went <laughs> to my college and they were like, I just felt very much like we don't really know what our goals are. Like, it's just, you know, like take a class and tell us how you can save the world. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know what I mean? So that is my background. It's not very exciting. I feel like a lot of people have really cool stories on here. I don't know. Not sure. it, it, it varies wildly. Was there, a, was there a teacher or a class you particularly liked when you were coming up? Um, you- let's see. I guess my AP chemistry class, I don't know if I liked her. Like she was just really eccentric and loved chemistry so much that it made you love it. You know what I mean? Like we had mold day, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. You, you know, right, like wait, wait, wait. A mole in chemistry. What, 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 don't tell me. Is it the first few digits of Avogadro's number as a date that was mole day or something? Or I think so. I'm, now I'm trying to remember. I think that's what it was. Like pi day, but yeah. Well, hang on. Wait. The what first is, few digits of Avogadro's number is like six point zero zero something. What is oh. like ten, I can't 10 remember to what a mole is so actually. June zeroth. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the zeroth of June. Yeah. Uh, unless you're in. Uh, Amer- unless you're in the rest of the world that's only in america in the rest of the world it's the um it's sixth the sixth day, day of the zeroth zero month. month right i have to <laughs> remember yeah but it did i mean just someone else being that enthusiastic and something you don't care about makes you kind of enthusiastic so i think i did better in my ap bio I mean, my ap chem exam and she was just like I, I don't know a caricature she like the white 
hair and glasses and we think she lived there you know what i mean like that kind of love and you're like oh i wish i had that passion for anything now you know that's awesome old day shirts wait wait wait. i was wrong i was off by a decimal place it's actually 6.02 times 10 to the 23 so june 2nd you're probably out of school i know now i'm thinking of like when did we sell it we probably did like we cheated it a little bit was i february 6th if it was yeah in the rest of the world yeah, well, I guess I could also just look we up. You can say when is Mole Day? I'm sure there are other places that celebrate this. And a mole, by popular. the way, for those of you who don't remember from your high school chemistry, a mole is is one of the SI units. It's one of the standard units of measurement, and it's the number of particles in a specific substance. So, and one mole is equal to a roughly six times ten to the twenty three atoms. So, or anything, or anything, yeah, or molecules or anything. Um, so so yeah, it's October twenty third. That's between, six oh. between six o two a.m. and six o two p.m., making the date six o two ten slash twenty three. Good God! Oh, Good God! Okay, so it gets the date yeah. from the actual it's exponent and the yeah. Man, there we go. That's so. For those of you who also don't remember exponents, that basically there are <laughs> in one mole there's six followed by twenty three zeros of roughly things in there jesus yeah it's a very very large number yeah. man i can't it's just crazy that i used to like actually know the stuff and <laughs> live it you know and now i'm like you i have lived, no idea you lived your mole truth yeah man she inspired me i don't i hope she's still alive do you think about that sometimes with teachers who are kind of maybe not that old but they're maybe in their 40s or 50s and you're like are they alive yeah I'm f- i was before i quit i was facebook friends with my sixth grade teacher um yeah, I think like I hear I'm in touch with enough high school mm. friends. I think I would hear about passing of. Uh... No, I'm saying I'm, I think I mean, most of them are still <laughs> alive. Uh, knock on wood. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, hey, there was one. Given that you mentioned environmental science, there was one story that got sent in a couple of weeks ago by numerous people. I'm sorry, I can't credit all of you. We've lost the specific references, but. Lots of people send in stories about these Australian marsupials that are having so much sex they're killing themselves. Oh. And I don't know why you thought we'd want to cover this story. <laughs> but you to the show. were right on. Yeah. You're not wrong. Which version are you going with, Matt? I'm going on the CNN version. Okay. It's in the dark right now. They are small mice-like critters known for their marathon mating sessions. Here's a picture of them there. That's what they look like, man. Yeah, sexy. sexy. Which can last up to 14 hours, and that may be their undoing. The Australian government has added two species of, how do you reckon you pronounce this word, Antichinus? Sure. The black-tailed dusky and the silver-headed to its endangered species list, saying all that sex is killing them. During a mating season which lasts for several weeks each year, males and females move frantically from one mate to another. There's no courtship, just boning. Uh, The CNN article says sex, but I was editorial. It better say boning or I'm (laughs) I'm out. With, With as many partners as possible. They literally become a marsupial zombie in their pursuit, says Jeff Conwin, Corwin, wildlife expert and TV host. Males only live about a year and the females live up to three years, but on average they both die after a litter is born. So while the around-the-clock fornication stresses both sexes, only the males produce testosterone, says Andrew Baker, head of a research team has discovered five new species of this animal since 2012. The constant high level of testosterone keeps the stress hormone cortisol from shutting off. Eventually it reaches toxic levels and causes the animal's immune system to malfunction. The animal then bleeds internally and Whoa. dies. God, oh, that's awful. I didn't think it was going there. No. No. A speci- a turn. I thought it was going to be like, they're so busy fucking that they get eaten yeah, by Yeah, that's what I was right. thinking too, like snakes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
A species that purges half of its adult population every year is already in a vulnerable situation. But the Antichinus also features... Antichinus? Antichinus? I'm going to say... it be either one. Also faces pressure from humans. Or Antichinus. It could be. (laughs) Antichinus? Antichinus is doing what it's been doing for millions and millions of years. This strategy to be very, very active sexually and very competitive with males coming in to take your female away, this is nothing new to the species, says Corwin. It's not too much sex. What's killing the species is habitat loss, climate change, and perhaps the biggest... So this is a naysayer. And perhaps the biggest impact are invasive predator species like dogs, cats, and rats. They are outcompeting the species to extinction, and this species, as it shows us, just wants to have a good time. Oh, that's a little... No, that can't be written. Yeah, it's a party marsupial. (laughs) Which surprises me, because I'd have thought a kangaroo would be the ultimate party marsupial, because it's got the beer pouch. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's a built-in. You can put a keg in that, in and so many condoms. Yeah, condoms. <laughs> I thought like bonobos are the ones who have a lot of sex. Right? Bonobos like these, certainly yeah. do That's have all, a lot of sex, but they have no. Yeah, that seems to be working for them. I'd not r- for these, we had a great episode a while back with Tim Minchin was our comedian guest. It was a live episode, and Dr. Amy Parrish, mm-hmm. who is a bonobo expert. And wow, that's she amazing! Had, she came with the slides and things. She came, so she, yeah, because we had a live audience, so she brought a slideshow for that. Yeah, I would say I think the video is still online because someone pirated it. But oh, I think they might have taken it down. Maybe it's taken down, but either way, the audio is still around, and you. I think we put some of the pictures up in the show notes, but you definitely hear a couple of moments where there's a laugh that doesn't tally with the words, and that's just because there's a massive bonobo vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have larger than usual ones? I, I should say vulva. vulva. I don't know how much of the vagina you yeah, can see. But not... there's definitely like, there's bonobo vulva going on there. Or like a penis or a, or right. a bonobo butt. The females definitely engage in GG rubbing. I remember that as one of the terms. Yep. <laughs> genital to genital rubbing. As a, wow. So oh. Bonobo scissoring, kind of. So is the doctor, how did she get into this? Like, is she a more, well, I mean, I have to, I'll listen to it. But She's like, a primatologist. A... Okay. But... She's a primatologist and also describes herself as a Darwinian, Darwinian feminist. Because mm-hmm. wow, Darwin, beautiful. people used to point to <laughs> yeah. chimps as being like indicators of why humans act a certain yeah. way. Like, well, we're the closest related to chimps and the, look how they act. The yeah. basic argument actually, is like, that's why we're patriarchal, because we're basically chimps and chimps behave like uh, in this manner and they mm-hmm. have these hierarchies. And her argument is, well, we're, we're the exact same level of cousin from a bonobo as we are a chimp we split off evolution from the evolutionary family tree at the same point and bonobos are matriarchal mm-hmm. they don't have these hierarchies they behave in various different ways so yeah seems a lot more like people are just matching what they want the world yes. to be yeah. Yeah. i know i can imagine a guy being like just be like bonobos like we're not that different you know yeah where they're like we're chimps and you yeah. just no you just pick the animal that is close to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also it's easier to study chimps that's the other reason why chimps have been so prevalent and been brought because bonobos are rarer and they tend to exist in countries that are harder to get to that are I forgot that was part like of sex it. countries yeah yeah the sex countries sick <laughs> what is the sexiest country you guys oh good question I think Brazil Brazil, Brazil. Yeah. oh yeah I've everyone never met a Brazilian who's unattractive either yeah Every, everyone sure. just went straight to Brazil that yeah. was it yeah Brazil. Andy what do you think well I just I was thinking about I mean this is horrible but if I cite it as uh, the onion then it's not my fault there was an old like 20 years ago <laughs> onion article I think it's actually in that original Onion book underneath the um, oh, I see finest that. news reporting, uh-huh. or one of those Atlas books they put out, and it was their entry on Brazil. It was uh, hu- <laughs> humanity, at- humans at their most beautiful, humanity at its ugliest. <laughs> it had like some hot person <laughs> with a machine gun and a bikini. 
Um, but I don't. I don't consider you bad people, Brazil. Was the maybe joke. maybe Israel. They're very attractive too. That's true. Gel Gel Gadot. How do you say the name? I, I don't guess Gadot. Is it really? Yep. Okay. People say Godot because they think it's because that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, Yeah, but it's it's not not because it's Israeli. But uh, so anyway, there are there could be as few as few as a few hundred animals of each of the two species left, according to Baker. In order to save them, he believes humans need to get these animals to migrate to southern Australia where it's colder. But researchers are not sure how to introduce them to those areas. So what if researchers try to keep males and females separated? Baker could say that males would only make it if males and females were in total isolation and only if females were introduced one at a time. Good God. In an experiment, castrated males did survive, but that doesn't go do much for reproduction. Life is incredibly valuable, uh, Coleman said. It's miraculous in the way that it survives. And the antichinus illustrates that, but unfortunately it's been pressured to the verge of extinction. We may lose the species before we even know what a, its great natural value is. Well, not That's that a every, weird way to... Uh, yeah, animal okay. doesn't have to prove their value to yeah, us. I'm sorry. Are you, are you yeah. my parents trying to... You know what I mean? Yeah. What is the point of you? What do you, what do, you do here? Why are you, why are you even bothering us? That's Tell us like your a, value or go extinct. Isn't we that don't... like a Carl Pilkington thing from early on in the Ricky Gervais show? <laughs> like, why are there some kind of animal? And like, what do you mean, why? There's no, there's no why to why there's any animal. Like, well, uh, what good is it, though? Death by sex may seem counterproductive to the survival of a species, this article finishes, but many animals have evolved the behavior to maximize reproduction. One other example is garter snakes who engage in massive, massive tangled orgies, so exhausting that the males age faster and die soon. And then weirdly, the That's... CNN article ends with, have fun Googling that one. Just, That's okay. Well, it'll get no, a little no, too... All right, CNN. You're really a little too sassy totally. yeah. for my liking. But yeah, you're the news. Less sass. <laughs> Have fun, though. I've never seen that kind of thing on a CNN article. That's, uh, it is yeah, odd that... Is that an intern, you think, who tagged that one? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> Kelly I Murphy who wrote it. It doesn't even seem like an intern, because interns are generally younger, whereas that feels like a... Sort like of trying to be cool 40, yeah yeah 45 year old trying to look cool yeah she's like i'm trying to win my daughter back yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something uh, see see joy yeah, i could cool. be fun your like, dad might be cool but i'm cool like that i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> nah not swing swing uh, um that's what she but said it does suck that the very yeah them trying to procreate Oh, I know Killed Sean them. Zachary Robertson was one of the people who sent in that story. Thanks, Sean. Sorry uh, for not crediting whoever else sent it in. Oh, also, we got quite a few messages. Another person was quite late, but again, congratulating us on getting everything completely right about Stealth Bombers. So yeah, thanks again. No one has said anything uh-huh. except that we were so perfectly on point. With yeah, we, we at no point got any of the different aircraft mixed up with each other. No and chances. they just all had to write in to let us... Numerous people wrote in just to say, you really... That's got awesome. it right. You really didn't yeah. make a very big mistake, yeah. and you got it all right. So thank you Thanks again for, for a, a late but still appreciated message. Um, How often it? does that? Is this the first time that's ever happened? You get messages. Like, I would say this is the first go. time that we've said something where at least fifteen or twenty people emailed, uh, tweeted, Facebook posted <laughs> to to say. I have zero complaints with what you just said. It was definitely right. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. It's right? so That's rare in glowing. this day and age. I know. I, I can't. It's like you proved your value. Like the... I feel like we were winging it, and it's just dumb yeah. luck that we happen to be I perfectly feel like, correct. Because it's surprising, because really, re- really, we probably would have... I, I would have thought that we got 
two planes very mixed up or you know the bomber and the fighter mixed up and really misattributed labels but they um, no a lot of people it really did time out of their day to to just say yep that's right you did it you did it you did it (laughs) (laughs) um so you you might go to japan you said to visit your past show how would you i think i would take henry too henry's my boyfriend Um, friend of the show henry phillips how would yes. you decide what path to take to travel to Japan? <laughs> well, I probably well stretch of a segue uh, here. Seoul, Korea route. Okay, stop over in Seoul. It's a Chris Nelson story, and then hop over to Nagoya. Not not the straightest of lines, right? Yeah, not the straightest of well, lines. What if you wanted to figure out hypothetically how to travel on Earth in the longest straight line possible, either? On land without hitting water, or on water without hitting land. Do you think that'd be easy to figure out that path? I think it'd be a piece of piss. I don't Seems like it'd be know simple, right? if this sounds like you know the answer. I know. I think what is the best route up here? What is the best? Uh, I think I would rather, if I had the time and the money, I would go water without touching land. You'd go water without touching land to touch. Uh, you could do some cruises. Wouldn't that be less exciting than the land without touching? I mean, you wouldn't see land. I guess you'd see it at some point. You'd come, you'd come as close as possible to some of it or to make it the shortest path. Anyway, what we're getting at is uh, the short, the longest ocean path in a straight line and longest land path. Those have been, those have been determined now. Okay. Um, so yeah, if what you want, if you want to go on the longest boat ride in the world, but don't have a rudder, what route would you take? Five years ago, a Reddit user proposed that traveling overseas from southern Pakistan to northeastern Russia would yield a trip of 32,000 kilometers, the longest straight-line journey on Earth. Wow. Now a team of scientists has finally proven him right. The Reddit post came from user Kepler Only Knows, a.k.a. Patrick Anderson, an environmental law attorney in Decatur, Georgia. He says he first became intrigued by the question when he was scrolling through Wikipedia. The line, nothing but a set of coordinates, appeared in an entry titled Extreme Points of Earth. He mapped the points and published a video to show that the line was, in fact, straight. You may be a bit disappointed as he did not cover the path, but he merely thought it was cool enough to put on a map, he said. Uh, Rohan Chabakswar also thought it was cool, but the physicist at United Technologies Research Center, Ireland Cork, wanted more. There was no proof, he says. To get it, he and his colleague Kushal Mukherjee, an engineer at IBM Research India in New Delhi, started with data from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's global uh, ETOPO1 global relief model of Earth's surface which shows the entire planet as a spatial resolution at a spatial resolution of approximately 1.8 kilometers, meaning the smallest features captured by the map would be 1.8 kilometers in size. Uh, because the model also includes altitude data, the, du- the duo could relatively could be relatively sure of which points were on land and which were at sea. I'm showing here's a ah. picture of the two paths. Uh, with those data in hand, finding the longest straight line path over the ocean became a question of geometry. All straight line paths along a sphere form a shape called a great circle. Great circles always traverse always traverse the maximum circumference of the sphere and thus always lie in the same plane as the center of the sphere. The equator, for example, is a great circle. So if you looked at these two routes on a flat map, they obviously would not look straight at all, but on a globe, they form a great circle, like an equator-like circle. Yeah, on a flat map, they look like... Well, they look like when you Airplane see the maps routes. of yeah flight yeah. paths. Oh, yeah. They look like this big sort of... You that starts to curl around into almost an S. Surely just, yeah, a smiley face and some eyebrows, right? That's, That's exactly what it, it is. <laughs> a smiley face and an eyebrow. So initially, the researchers tried to brute force the answer by examining every possible great circle on the planet, 
And at 1.8 kilometer resolution, that left them with 23 million possible great circles, with each containing 21,600 points on either land or sea. In total, that meant 5 million billion trillion points that would need to be verified, a computation that was just too taxing. So the team instead turned to an optimization algorithm known as branch and bound, which uh, is like a computer program that tests only a few subsets of all the great possible circles and then fine tunes the search over and over again for lines that seem promising those with the longest paths. It took a standard laptop just 10 minutes to, to home in on, is it hone in or home in? I thought it was hone in for some reason. Home in on the optimal solution. And when the results came back, Anderson and his Wikipedia muse were proved correct the team reported last week on the preprint server ARXIV. In full, the journey would take a boat from the sandy shores near Sanmiani, Pakistan, down through the gap between Madagascar and continental Africa, threading the needle between South America and Antarctica, and finally heading north-northwest across the Pacific while dodging the Alaskan archipelago until landing on the frigid beaches of the Karaginsky district in Russia. Um, despite the fact that the line looks curved, obviously, yeah, if it's on a globe, it's not curved. Um, then they decided to run the same path on land to see how far you can go on land without crossing any large bodies of water. That actually took the computer longer, 45 minutes, but ultimately revealed a um, path that was 11,241 kilometers across 15 different countries, starting near Quanzhou in eastern China and ending in the town of Sagres in western Portugal. Yeah, I didn't realize you could get... I guess, obviously, you can, but you can get all the way across... Asia and Europe, yeah. Yeah, through. Do you do you go through Russia? I think you might just skirt the top, the very bottom of Russia. It kind of. Uh, I'm trying oh, to. Look. Yeah, it doesn't do very much Russia, does it? It oh, doesn't really. Point. It kind of goes mostly south of Russia, and it kind of comes through like southern, like mid mid. What is that Asia. one? Is that um, Kazakhstan that it hits? Uh, I don't. I'm not good on that part of the world. I'm not good. <laughs> oh. I can tell you. Then it comes through. It, it does seem to go through most of Western Europe. It kind of go, goes in this arch that goes through. If you're starting from Portugal, it goes through Portugal, Spain, France. I think it even might hit Italy. Definitely hits Germany. Maybe the Netherlands. Uh, I don't think it's the Netherlands. It's quite a low resolution map. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, big, big Those arch. are the longest paths you can take on land and water. There we go. So get on it. So, uh, so I know we had a couple people take us up on the Dick Tracy challenge. Uh, let's uh, start a new hashtag, longest path on the planet challenge. Yeah, if see you, how long... If you take this trip, uh, post a video of it on Twitter. And yeah, film yourself it's running. Yeah, yeah. Well, it says you. that um, Forrest Gump already took that trip. Uh, he ran it. Oh, I see. Oh, well, sorry. Okay, then forget he it. Forget it. it. Don't do it. Just go back to Dick Tracy. Challenge, when Jenny dumped him again, <laughs> oh. Jenny died. That's what he did. Jenny's the worst. Did Jenny die in Portugal or China? Which end did he start? At? He China, of course. China, okay. The, uh, he, she died during one of his ping pong matches. Oh yeah, he was oh, in yeah. China Connection for the ping pong tournament, and then he had to get to, to Portugal for the annual <laughs> Bubba Grump trip about what festival yeah. in Portugal. <laughs> it's a new location. Deb, which path are you going to take? Water. You're Still doing water. water. Yeah, I'm doing water. It's incredibly... They didn't say what, what percentage of the full circumference of the Earth that water path is, but let me think. 32,000 kilometers. I only know it in miles. I know the Earth's about 25,000 miles around. So that's... I think it's over three quarters of the way around the whole planet, that water path. Um... We oh, got, but you're going to run into a big heap of garbage. 
Oh, you might hit that garbage yeah, that, heap out in the ocean. That, that garbage won't get you. heap. Well, speaking about garbage, there's there's a couple of. <laughs> oh God, no, we got a couple of good emails. Thing. Listeners sent in. Firstly, a regular listener, friend of the show, Dr. Michael Smout, sent in a story about because we did the story about the smell, the smell on Uranus, right. smells Aww. of farts in Uranus. Oh yeah, I remember the story. And he just wrote in with a fun story about hydrogen sulfide, which is the thing that causes that scent. This happened to me and a classmate back in high school chemistry. The project was to create hydrogen gas in a garbage bag to lift a 50-gram weight. We chose on hydrochloric acid and iron, brackets, uh, which they use steel wool. Uh, it was all going fine until our teacher runs over and asks if we smell anything odd. We did smell the fart smell at the start, but it went away and we thought it was okay now. Turns out that while the steel wool was a great source of iron for our reaction, there were also sulfur impurities in the cheap steel wool we'd used, which resulted in H2S formation along with the hydrogen. Turns out H2S, which is the gas that they have on this planet, can paralyze the olfactory nerve at a certain level of exposure, and hence someone briefly exposed to a burst of the gas like we had been would no longer smell its pungent owner and think everything's okay. So, while traveling to to Uranus would have initially stink... It will probably rapidly deaden your sense of smell and hence no more stinky smells. Of course, it would potentially kill you as well. But as you mentioned, the cold and other gases would kill a human traveler well before the H2S. And then he attaches the toxicity levels from Wikipedia. At the odor threshold, which is uh, 0.47 parts per billion, at which point 50% of a human panel can detect it. Uh, At 10 parts per million, that's the OSHA permissible exposure limit. Uh, double that is the borderline for eye irritation, and then a hundred, uh, ten times that, so a hundred parts per million. The olfactory nerve is paralyzed after a few inhalations. The sense of smell disappears. Just a few inhalations. Wow. By three hundred parts per million, leads to pul- pulmonary edema with a possibility of death. Uh, by five thirty to a thousand, strong stimulation of the central nervous system and rapid breathing, leading to loss of breathing. And eight hundred is the lethal concentration for humans for with five minutes of exposure. Concentrations over a thousand parts per million would cause immediate collapse with loss of breathing even after the inhalation of a single breath. So that means one part for every one part thousand per thousand parts. Yeah. Sorry, did you say okay. part or fart? Hey. hey. Talk about gaslighting, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about rescuing now. <laughs> the takeaway is you can fart so badly that you can't smell it. I didn't know that. That's good to know. So if you, yeah. If you build it up for long enough? I guess, yeah. I guess so. Uh, and then also we got another cool letter through Isabel Buckner, who is, here we go, been a listener for a while, but terminally late to questions of listeners because I've been working through the back catalogue while I listen to the new episodes. Just another actual scientist on your list, though. I work for a major pharmaceutical company to commercialize the new drugs we come up with. My degree is in biomedical engineering. Uh, in, on last week's episode, you were pondering the differences between reconnecting nerves and arteries. If no one's written in yet, I'm happy to highlight the, diff- the difficulties. No one has written in yet. So this was when we talked about the, uh, the, the uh, full penis, yeah. full package transplant. The full package, full transplant. package transplant. So arteries are constantly regenerating and changing in a process called angiogenesis. There are various growth factors and molecules that facilitate this process. If angiogenesis weren't a lifelong process, people would not be able to get tumors. All living tissue needs a blood supply to continue growing, and the circulatory system is vital for delivering oxygen and removing waste from new tissues. Angiogenesis is also a big hurdle for anyone trying to generate artificial organs. If the structure they're implanting is not appropriately vascularized and integrated into the existing systems, the tissue won't survive. 
In simplest everyday applications, if blood vessels didn't regenerate, we wouldn't be able to heal from even the most simple of surgeries or surface abrasions to our bodies. Nerves, on the other hand, are not constantly regenerating. I've heard of recent research that there are ways to stimulate nerve growth that they are discovering, but I learned that most current research in 2014, uh, so I'll speak what, I, what used to be true. Nerves reach a bit of a stasis once we reach a certain age. Obviously, nerve networks expand and grow as we develop. Baby-sized nerves wouldn't allow us to feel our feet when we grow five or six feet. But at a certain point, they stop generating and become a static system. I did not know that. This is the challenge with diseases like multiple sclerosis, where the body begins to break down the nerves and there's no process for the body to regenerate those losses. That being said, there are ways to reconnect nerves. I don't know the full surgical details, but there are definitely scaffolds to help the nerves reconnect. Unfortunately, there are limited gaps that can be overcome. Somewhere in the neighborhood of a millimeter to a one centimeter gap is about all that can be reconnected, I believe. This requires a very specific scaffold, though, that contains specific growth factors and molecules to stimulate the reconnection. It's interesting to note that bones are a bit of a cross between arteries and nerves. Bones obviously heal and can bridge fairly substantial gaps to fix damage, but over three centimeters, there's not reconnecting bones. It's pretty impressive, though, that with the appropriate stability structures, implant scaffolders, sorry, implanted scaffolds, the bones can fill gaps of up to three centimeters. That's only like that's an over inch. an inch, just over an inch. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you break your leg and it's shattered, and I think you need to yeah, they put metal. Yeah. You need to pin it back together yeah. again. Yeah. That's why they do that. Oh wait, but you're saying I thought she was saying it wouldn't even fill in that gap though if it's that far apart. Well, you pin it closer yeah, so there isn't the gap, and then it and it bridges the gap. Bridges the gap. I guess, yeah, I think so. That's I was wondering, like, if you had a bad enough wound, if it bad shattered, yeah, leg yeah. break, and they were going to amputate because let's say yeah. you lost like three inches of tibia like if, fibula or tibula tibia fibula, yeah, could they just put it together, have your leg be short, till it regrows, and then like break it again, move it an inch, break it again, move it an inch? Like, is that a thing you could do? I don't, I don't know. know why I'm asking oh. you guys this. Um, it sounds well, like a horrible series yeah. of yeah, processes. It sounds like yeah, a long. Can't wait for those year. Although, wait, maybe you processes. can, because I think Rivers I Cuomo had heard of that. leg lengthening surgery, and that's probably what he it is. He did? The breaking. I yeah. When I saw him in, like, 94, I remember he was on stage talking about how he'd just gotten back from surgery to lengthen one of his legs because it was shorter. The audience laughed because they thought he was making oh. a joke, and, like... I was like, no, I just said. I feel like you would do that. So always, like, I never yeah. Googled it, though. Let me see if that's a I real went to thing. a Weezer concert a long time ago, and he talked about how he was abstinent at the time. He wasn't having sex. I don't. I think he was. I was just very confused. He's always got mm-hmm. something going on. So either not having sex thing. or getting his leg lengthening. Like I was like, yeah. was March ninety five. Cuomo had extensive surgery to extend his left leg, which was forty four millimeters shorter than the right. Was he? It's like two yeah. inches. Oh, so yeah. one leg was yeah. shorter than the other. It wasn't yeah. that he just wanted like as a rock star thing to have yeah. one really long leg. <laughs> yeah, or just exactly. like I want to get taller, so I'm just going to do this. He paid me a hundred bucks that day to hit him with a ruler over the pants. Um, oh, that's course. nice. And that helps yeah. break the leg, I heard. Yeah. His buddy Holly Perfect. glasses fell right off. And, uh... <laughs> so that's my Rivers Cuomo story. Wow. Had <laughs> scene. Oh. Yeah, his like, between uh, song banter sounds pretty interesting. I know. I think yeah. the two of you. It's like he needs to. I think he needs to feel like a inner self worth instead of needing all these things to talk about. Yeah. You know what I mean. Hey, you know what? Side note. <laughs> yeah, it's like TMI already. Yeah, you're like, you don't need all this shit. Yeah, just, just sing. Hey, you know what? Leg lengthening surgery is probably pretty expensive. Ugh. But Uh-oh. one thing that can help leg lengthening sur- surgery happen for people, like, I don't know, maybe for we maybe we want to get one long probably science leg, maybe. We now 
possibly can thanks to your kind and generous donations. We've got loads Beautiful. that have come in. Uh, people have gone to the Probably Science website, probablyscience.com, and hit the donate button. We have a couple of one-off donations that have come through. Nice uh, one-off donation from Shane Dodman, who said, uh, in, in order of my wife Sam's first marathon, uh, please, I will say that amount because you specifically said it in the description. You said, please accept a dollar per mile. That was very generous of you. Yeah. We'd love you to give her a shout out. So uh, even if she ran without a Dick Tracy coat. So shame on you for your clothing choice. But still, congratulations, <laughs> Sam. I presume Sam Dodman, unless you go by your maiden name. But congratulations, Sam, on your first marathon. Very, very nice work. Also, thanks for a one-off donation from Aldous Brown. And then we have recurring monthly donations. You've got a few as well there yep. that aren't on the dock, so I'll let you also alternate. But Robert Condon, thank uh, you very much. Brooks Gilmore, thank you for that. Mark Williams. Patrick Adam Chalkley. Nice, Patrick. Caroline Laco, thank you very much. Also, John Clarici. Uh, Jonathan Waltz do you have any more Andy Callum Gleason, uh, Matthew Arnold and Oliver Forst new donor thank you very much welcome to the gang Oliver Drew Chapman sent one in uh, Trevor Hubbard uh, Lindsay Bacon Emma Wilton thank you very much we got a one off from um, you know it doesn't have his full I, I guess Mitchko85 thank you That's thank you Mitchko one off thank um, you really appreciate that also thank you Jake Swenson Pandora Young, Vikram Bhatt. Uh, keep on coming this I week. I know, Leanne Major and Peter Lipchi. And Austin Walsworth. I think that might be new. I don't recognize that name. And, uh, uh, oh, Simon Martindale. Thank you very much, he all of you. He said a very, very generous one-off and says um, he had no idea what he'd want from a Patreon, but how about a UK podcast recording? So... Uh, I'm I'm all for that. We, I know we gotta we gotta get in the road. We're working on a, a way to get to Australia, and uh, it's purely scheduled. Simon also sent boat it. or walk. Ooh, exactly. Walk in the mix. Too. Oh, I'm sorry. A couple more. Uh, Stephen Edmonds. Wow. Uh, Keith Statenfield. This is what happens when we're late on recording. And um, one off from Justin McDowell. I don't know if you said that one already. I don't think I did. Well, if we did, you. Oh, get no, wait. The- I'm sorry. One huge. Wow, geez, a giant single donation from Samuel Richards. Um, he works for NASA's Sophia mission as a missions as a mission operations specialist and thoroughly enjoys listening on the on the commute. Wow, thank you. I'm so glad you said on the commute and not when you were actually involved in mission specialist work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like don't multitask. But yeah, thank you very much. That was very kind of you. And he said he's off to New Zealand now on their yearly deployment, but we'll keep listening from there. So thank Aww. you, Samuel That's Richards. Awesome. That was very generous. We really appreciate that. Let me make sure there's nothing else. While you're looking it up, I got a, I got a. Simon Martindale as well as sending in money sent in a question uh, wanted to know if we could ask any neuroscientists when we next have them on and also I'll put this out to our listenership to see if there are any studies on people who think they are resistant to mild mind altering drugs like I am I, I can only find studies about how hangovers and alcohol affect normal people but I'd love to know if I'm imagining it uh, uh, well, the f- the first couple of times at university he tried alcohol, he had to drink so much just to get dizzy that he was then physically sick for a- one horrific day and just f- swore off alcohols, didn't bother with it. That sounds but, like a typical first time drinking alcohol. But, yeah, but then, yeah, it's horrible. But time. most of us push through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I-, I also asked my sister about space brownies when I visited her in As- Amsterdam. She advised me to only eat half of one to start with because they're so strong, not realizing I'd already eaten two and was asking because I didn't really feel anything. I'd love oh, to no. know if this is common, rare, or if I'm delusional. Okay, here's a thing that I've heard about pot since high school. I don't know if it's true, but uh, that the first time, this is this is. is I'm this, sure this is. Are you about size. to say like the first time you smoke it, you don't feel anything, and you need? I can't be sure I'm sure it. that's bullshit. Okay, okay. I think yeah. he's a robot. 
Uh, he said he also said I've never tried real hallucinogens. I'm sure I would trip on that stuff, but a small part of me hopes I have a weird superpower. I don't know. Those, those two things you... you said don't sound that atypical. Those sound like things that could happen to... Yeah, I don't but know. why would you want to be immune to it? You know what I mean? Like the whole point. I don't, I don't think he wants to. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't want to have a just, superpower. He just uh, realizes yeah. that he is immune to it, so he wants to up the ante. I have to say, I've been starting doing weed, pot, whatever people yep. say. And I sometimes I feel it, and sometimes I don't. Like I, It's the same dosage. I don't know if people have had that. And I think I just have a high tolerance for no reason. But. I feel like I have had that with alcohol. Yeah. Like I'll drink a couple of glasses of wine and be fine. And other times I... And it, it's not because I'm not eating or doing anything different. It's just... I don't know. I think the older I get, the more I uh, become less aware of how it's affecting me in the moment. Or at least... The hangovers get worse, so then in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I must have been drunk, yeah. and I remembered being last night based yeah. on how I feel this morning, but that could also just be the increased severity of hangovers as you get older. I, I know there is also a thing called um, uh, paradoxical responders. There are people who respond to different drugs. I think we talked about this before, relatively recently, but there are people who respond to drugs in different ways to the way the general population do. Like, for example, what is normally an upper for people actually ends up slowing them down, and things... Oh, okay. Drugs that are normally tire people out or have a depressant quality actually have more of a stimulant. Yeah, when I was doing, on them. I really nerded out with weed and just did research on every strain and see it. Yeah, and you'll see like the effects are one way for one person and the opposite for the other. You know, like just you can't do it, like determine what will what it'll do. It'll just. So I take a you know weed journal. <laughs> oh, do you really you write it down no. how it affects the, you? But I, that doesn't seem like something I it seems it seems like something I would do. I, I feel like I'm high right now. That's the way I'm talking, <laughs> it's not clear. I've read an article about how uh, um, I think everybody now that legal's now that pot is legal in a bunch of different places, they mostly just um, rate the you know they say whether it's indica or sativa, yeah. and then give like the percentages of like and the THC hybrid and, and all the, yeah, but it's a lot more complicated than that i guess yes. in terms of all the other chemicals in in the that drug that affect you and aren't psychoactive and like yeah it's not and, and even like the indica being a downer sativa being an upper like it's not as simple as that either yeah. none of this stuff is um I'm sorry there's no good end to that story except i know like, just try a bunch of weed this is the way you like they want to have an analogy to like alcohol where you can have like IBU for bitterness of beers and mm-hmm. stuff like that but like maybe it's not that easy so. should we try and do we've we've got a little bit of time for one last story by the way thank you again so much for all those donors if you want to go if you do want to donate and we are in the process of trying to set up the Patreon but in the meantime well if you want to donate through PayPal uh, probablyscience.com and then click on the donation button and then everyone else if you're not able to donate the other way you can really help us out is by spreading the word and letting other people know about our show and I know you guys do that and you tweet on Facebook and that really does help us grow this show uh should we try and do a a particle physics story to wrap this thing up finish on something difficult and complicated this one's a yeah! this one's easy. let's try it let's try it a few people we sent it in this halfway through <laughs> including isabel buckner who was the person who sent in the, the nerve explanation so thank- i like her yeah you guys are so sweet by the way thanking your donors every time it's i, I love listening oh. to that part 
just do you? Just I do. Okay. I, I feel like Never a fa- mind. I feel like a fan yeah. number listeners probably fast forward over that, but we no, do. It's, no, it's you so guys genuine are, and sweet. Matt in particular is so smooth at it. Like wow. what a transition. Matt in particular. What does that mean listen, about Andy? I've no, been doing I'm this making for fun of Matt. Years. It was the least smoothest thing <laughs> oh, no, that I've ever years. How long have we heard was, come out of your mouth. I took it at face value, and that really hurts. Damn. <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, this is episode 295. We are five episodes away from a milestone. We have to do something. I, I know we haven't started talking about this that much, but I, I texted. Um, maybe I shouldn't even tease. Uh, I want to do it live. We have five weeks to put something together. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it, we'll live. Do it live. So uh, stay tuned for info on episode 300. We're going to make something happen. And I right promise. In, I promise. Maybe we'll do it naked. Right, like right in with whatever you think we should do, but maybe naked. Oh, yeah. But whatever. It doesn't have to be. But it sounds like you naked. really want to be naked. I know. No, I mean, I was just suggesting as one of the different things that maybe we could do is maybe do. But, you know, yeah. like but there's I mean, many different options. So like, think that like, was your sole suggestion. I'm not going to lie. No, no, no but I'm just, here, though, just but generally there are it, possible ideas. But one of them could be naked. naked. But, you know, just as a, as a... Why is it any different than this episode? We're all sitting here naked. Well, Matt has an affliction. Yeah, he right. Told you he told us. You guys were very generous yeah. to put up. But by yeah, the way, this but- live show will be BYO Ruler. <laughs> but the hundred dollar offer stands for anybody who comes. To the yeah, live cash show. is in Venmo. Maybe Venmo. Sure, yeah. I'm yeah. up for that too. I got a QR code. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> QR code. So scientists have produced the firmest evidence yet of so-called sterile neutrinos, mysterious particles that pass through matter without interacting with it at all. So understandably, very hard to detect. The first hints that these elusive particles turn up decades ago, but after years of dedicated searches, scientists have been unable to find other evidence for them, with many experiments contradicting these old results. These new results now leave scientists with two robust experiments that seem to demonstrate the existence of sterile neutrinos, even as other experiments continue to suggest they don't exist. That means there's something strange happening in the universe that's making humanity's most cutting-edge physics experiments contradict one another. Back in the mid-90s, the liquid scintillator neutrino detector, which is an experiment at Los Alamos, found evidence of a mysterious new particle, a sterile neutrino, that passes through matter without interacting with it. But that result could not be replicated. Other experiments simply couldn't find a trace of it. So the result was sent aside. Now, it sounds like the particle is just kind of a dick. It is. Well, yeah. it just you know, it just it likes to be left alone. It's okay. contrarian. Uh, now, Mini Boon, a follow-up experiment at Fermi Lab, located in Chicago, has picked up the hidden particle sent again. A new paper posted offers such a com- compelling. Uh, it's posted to the same thing that uh, posted the um, longest journey. Is it really this ARXIV thing I hadn't heard of before? That I guess I should have. Does it end with, uh, have fun Googling I, maybe that? It's, maybe it's those Roman numerals. Oh, it's a Cornell thing. What? Okay. I should know more about this. Anyway, keep going. You're, a, you're, a, you're old. You're old stomping ground. Sure. Come on, sing your fight song. <laughs> rah, rah, Cornell, Cornell. We go to Cornell. Wow. <laughs> They're getting song, so right? creative yeah. with these songs. Um, offers such a compelling enough uh, that there's a... There is a... Missing word in the sentence. I tried to read it twice. Such a compelling enough. The missing neutrino. Oh, you're right. It's not just me, right? There is a typo. You see the irony about a missing word in the miss in the missing. Arxiv offers such a compelling enough the missing neutrino (laughs) to make physicists sit up and notice. This was clearly this is on space.com, so it's probably translated from the original space. Also, that's, I, that's the language that the predator has on his on his uh, on his wrist before uh, he blows up at the end, right? That makes sense. Um, so, if Mini Boon's new results hold, that's 
Mini, then capital B O O, then capital N E. I'm guessing it stands for something. I'm guessing that M B N and E are um, things. Yes, right? I, don't know. Yeah. I get the I N is probably so. neutrino. I'm guessing the N in that thing is neutrino. If if they hold up, that would be huge. This is beyond the standard mod- model. This would require new particles and an all new analytical framework, says Kate Scholberg, who's a particle physicist at Duke. The standard model of physics has dominated science's understanding of the universe for more than half a century. It amounts to a list of particles that together go a long way towards explaining how matter and energy interact in the cosmos. Some of those particles, like quarks and electrons, are pretty easy to imagine. They're the building blocks of the atoms that make up everything we touch and see. Others, like the three known neutrinos, are more abstract. They are high-energy particles that stream through the universe, barely interacting with other matter. Billions of neutrinos from the sun pass through the tip of your finger every second, but they're overwhelmingly unlikely to have any impact on any particles of your body. Wait, mine or yours? Uh, it doesn't whose say. Do they go through? The I, article didn't say whose finger. It they doesn't go through, say some, here. I'm guessing one of our yeah. fingers. Go, I guess I think every it, neutrino has to go through. I'm guessing it's whoever is reading this article at this at moment. That so time, the, and that was me the in this case. To go through the okay. Yeah. So that right now that was me. But, it's kind of a bottleneck to have to have all the neutrinos from the sun pass through your finger. My finger. Before they yeah, go. it has to be Matt Kirshen's finger. Yeah. yeah and what if I put my finger somewhere? Right. Uh oh. Oh. Hundred dollars. Yeah. Electron. Uh, muon and tau neutrinos the three known flavors do interact with matter though both through the weak force which is one of the four fundamental forces of the universe and gravity their antimatter twins sometimes interact with matter as well that means specialized detectors can find them streaming down from the sun as well as from certain human sources such as nuclear reactions but the lsnd experiments schulberg told life science provided the first firm evidence that what humans could detect might not be the full picture as waves of neutrinos stream through space here we go this is hopefully how we actually detect them they periodically oscillate jumping back and forth between one flavor and another both lsnd and mini boon involve firing beams of neutrinos at a detector hidden behind an insulator to block out all other radiation in L- it's either wa- water or oil they're the two different insulators they use and they carefully count how many neutrinos of each type spike the detect strike the detector both experiments have now reported more neutrino detections than the standard model's description of neutrino oscillation can explain. That suggests that the neutrinos are oscillating into hidden, heavier sterile neutrinos that the detector can't directly detect before oscillating back into the detectable range. Hmm. So that's how they're... But it could still be... They're still researchers are skeptical. This is still early, early days. They're oscillating into hidden, heavier, sterile neutrinos that they can't detect before oscillating but, back into... But also... Yeah, basically, as far as I can tell, the way that... The, the thing they found is that the numbers don't add up. Yeah. They're like, we know how many neutrinos there are being fired at this detector, but sometimes there's more and sometimes there's less than we expect. And that's because they are going in and out of these other states, and one of them is this undetectable heavy state. So it's sort of like the way we assume dark matter exists just because the ma- the mass of the universe doesn't add up correctly with yeah. right there has yeah. to be yeah but there is a problem other major neutrino experiments like the underground oscillation project with emulsion tracking apparatus i'm guessing that's the op opita which is in switzerland haven't found the anomaly so i don't know who knows maybe maybe not in the old maybe, uh, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the, the the tweets from actual physicists are more excited, like just one word, whoa, and then a link to the... Yeah, Physi- particle physicists are very excited about this. And it is, as I say, this article is on space.com. And I'm just glad that space managed to get its own website before anyone else jumped I on know. it. I know. 
we don't know if it's actually space. Yeah. Like the sex.com site? Did I tell you that story? That must have. No. Is there a story that you. I'd love to hear. I feel like I do. I think the listeners have heard this story. I think think ending on a sex.com story is the best. I'll try to make it the shortest possible (laughs) version of it. Uh, My friend went to business school and everyone at his business school was assigned to an alum as a mentor. So he happened to be assigned to a guy who in the 90s had bought a bunch of domains, um, just like squatted on them, just like bought a ton of things. One of them was sex.com. He didn't build it into anything. He just bought sex.com, you know, in like 92 or something. And then he didn't check up on these for a long time. And then somebody else had just through like human um, hacking, you know, gotten control of sex.com, built it into a site, not a hugely successful one, but like something. And then he realized this person had stolen it and then sued him. And uh, the courts were like, yeah, this is yours. And he was granted by the courts the entire sex.com fortune and the guy who the guy who had taken the guy who had stolen the sex.com slate from him then fleed to the other country and he just got his the sex.com mansion he just got this guy he just gave him the mansion he got all of his assets he got he got his shit so then I was in so, Southern California. There's always money in sex. So he lived in- I was on a road trip with this guy and some of his business school friends, and he's like, we're going to go visit my mentor tonight. Oh, so we went to the sex.com mansion. And this guy's a Stanford <laughs> Business School graduate who just happened to own sex.com because this guy left the country. And it was the, like the poor man's version of the Playboy Mansion, you know? Yeah, like, I know. Was I was like, like, I, so it was still like, he it didn't was a like, nice place, but it wasn't the Playboy Mansion. But he didn't like, did it still have the trappings of sex.com? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, when we walked up, um, listeners with kids around, cover your ears, people were gathered around. It was like this scene in Boogie Nights. There's a pool in the backyard. When we came, everyone was circling around to watch a woman fillet the world's oldest male porn star. <laughs> So wow. This is the worst fantasy. version. Yeah, of that's this not even fantasy. That's, yeah, like, that's that the worst Playboy Mansion would story have. that would happen. Um, but no, it was like a very <laughs> sexy sex party. I really you know, didn't but, know where that story was going to end either. Like you're yeah. know, like, late the worlds, anything can happen. Yeah. Oldest, okay. No, it was male uh, porn star. And then there were you know there were like sex.com neon signs. It, w- it was not like he got this <laughs> house signs. and then and then converted it back into like a tasteful. It was he still left, the sex.com house. He was, left it as the sex.com. Was house. it maybe and because the guy who had taken it over? Because that house was still the, like legally zoned for sex. I mean, it had to be. A, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like a single story, like, like a you have ranch, to apply like a nice house, but not a mansion. You have to apply for planning permission to change it from a non-sex house to a sex. Wow. And why do why would you want to change it back? That's the stuff they have to ask you. Yeah. Um, so you want me to mentioned. remove all the sex from this house? Yeah. All right, that's going to cost. Is he typically- I don't even know where to recycle neon signs and lube. <laughs> <laughs> Is he technically a, like a patent troll? Is that what they're called? Like when, he, when you get, I guess it's not no, a No, 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 because the person who, the person who did, some, did something wrong was the person who stole his yeah, website yeah. and then built the business. He, he was just smart for getting on the He was just smart for buying sites. Yeah, I, I guess there is a difference uh, between like when people squat on Name like famous people's yeah, names. Yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah. He bought sex.com. But what about Dr. Sex? That's do. someone's name. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> On that note, because yeah. we have to wrap this up, uh, Vanna and Deborah, how can our listeners find out about you and your new podcast? Uh, we, yeah, we are starting a new podcast. It's called Good Job, You Failed. And Deb, you want to tell us about it? Tell me. No, about I it. want you to keep going. Come um, on. It's, so we try different activities. <laughs> I'm letting you take the reins. We uh, are kind of timid, apprehensive people. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to push ourselves to go after skill, like learn skills, do things we've never done. 
with the goal of failure because that will ensure we do it at least like if we fail that's part of the process basically our attitude is we've always been kind of hard on ourselves when we hard set on. goals uh <laughs> This, this is started off sounding like a funny podcast. Now it's just sounding really now depressing. It's like, <laughs> it's like sad. We uh, uh, uh we sound pretty. Okay, <laughs> you know when you like meet a loser and you're like that person will never go anywhere. Well, those two people started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, that is sort of the def- that's the just a description yeah. of podcasts. Yeah, right. Yeah, good point. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we're just owning it more. We're setting goals every two weeks. We're going to post a podcast. The first podcast uh, is up. It's a promo and it will tell you all about the podcast. And then our second episode is dropping June 11th. Nice. We'll put a link um, to that in our show notes. Yeah, yeah again, again, it's called more time for listeners. Good job. You failed. Good job. You failed. And um, we set a year long goal. Uh, Van and I are currently... Uh, becoming bodybuilders. <laughs> That's and our year-long goal. Awesome. That's our year-long goal. We went to a, a contest last week. Yeah, we went to a <laughs> bodybuilding competition. So you're going to force for. yourselves to be on stage, oiled up? Yes. Okay. We have, awesome. it's so, awesome. the women's oh category right. is the best. Okay, I'm so in. that's our uh, first, <laughs> we're, we've been working out, we're going to interview uh, <laughs> some people, and we've we've been researching quite a bit, and I've been working out like crazy. I haven't yet, so we'll um, see. So that, <laughs> please come, we're going to, Enter the Culver City uh, bodybuilding competition <laughs> one year it's, from it's now. It's in Culver City at the Veteran Auditorium. We went to last week. Yes. a lot of oil, a lot oh of oil, a lot of spray tan, spray tan, and a lot of amazing looking people. And I can't wait to look like that. Yeah, <laughs> but no don't joke. They all, they all kind of look like their faces were photoshopped. It looks like, yeah, they all look like different mess. colors. They do look people. like their faces hovering over something. Yes, it's yeah. Um, and uh, I'm determined. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then we have other goals as well. So tur- tune in. And uh, and then uh, we have mini goals. Yeah. But follow us on talk our... talk about other people failing too. And yeah. Talk to and why failure and... is important. It's very it important. It sucks, but it's important. Um, we will... Let that, I'm, I'm in. I'm already... I'm yeah. so in. The so muscle stuff Can is... you promise one year from now, can you have us back on your podcast yeah for an well, update on yes can i put a towel down on the couch <laughs> yeah you might have of course you're unnaturally or if brown. you guys do like <laughs> like a live yeah. show and we if might you guys do a live show around one year from now yep we'll come in our bikinis <laughs> and we'll yeah, be those... on your podcast and we might also need to get like microphone stands so you don't pick up and crush right. yeah i don't no, want to crush the microphones with your incredibly strong grips deal with that we will are yeah? Are you? Uh, prepa- I'm assuming once you do that, you're going to be just walking around in beating people up. No, yeah, of like, course. If you've gone to the effort, you're going <laughs> to yeah, be, beating people you're up gonna in go, bikinis. You're going to go back and find the person who kicks sand in your face. Yeah, and you're going to. The whole thing is just to get exactly. back at our bullies. Um, no, but I. There's also different categories, which is comforting. There's like a more novice category, but we're going to still go for the big one. Like go for the professional. I'm determined to win. Awesome. Uh, I can't, I, I'm so in. I'm so in. Uh, you can find us uh, individually at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen, collectively at Probably Science. Probably Science gmail.com is where you can email us with questions, comments, mm-hmm. clarifications, stories you want us to cover. You can also tweet at us and you can Facebook us. Uh, also, anything to plug, Andy? I, uh, can I just... Uh, no, go we're, we're on hiatus for the Jim Jeffrey show right now. We're back on June 19th, but... 
In the meantime, also, you can watch the clip of the desks piece that I did with Jim on the Royal Family. Oh, it's so good. I meant to tell you you that. You were so good. It was really fun. And the more people who watch that thing, the more chance they have of doing more things on camera. So that's, you know, watch it. Watch it. I hope you enjoy it. Andy? Um, I will plug the game show that I'm on when it gets closer. But um, Sweet. Besides that, yeah, check that out. And check out Arrested Development, which you also... uh, did some writing yeah for, right? it was really fun oh you did that's awesome uh, I yeah. already went through it it's great oh. yeah, <laughs> I, just, I didn't watch the first two last I actually had nothing to do with the first half of the episodes I'm, uh, yeah those so. are my least favorite right, I'm just kidding but anyway yeah check, check, the, check all those things out check out their new podcast which is one more time good job you failed look and, for that uh, our Instagram is good job underscore you failed so sweet if you want to see build. visually mm-hmm. Um, it'll build like we are going to body build. Oh, yeah. yeah. You oh, know what? Yeah. Check it out in a month. Vanna. <laughs> By the time you forget this podcast, <laughs> then check it then out. Then check it out. We'll link to it. Vanna, Deborah, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, we'll see you next week. Bye. Right. Bye.